Our new series at Springwood is called Fully Known. Fully Known. And it's based on the understanding of 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. And this passage is at the end of what's known as the love chapter in the Bible, where Paul talks about what love is and what love is not. And towards the end of this chapter, he makes a reflection after talking about love. And it says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. So the Apostle Paul is talking about how we don't really understand things or perceive things properly right now. Even when it comes to love, even when it comes to being Christians. Because we're imperfect human beings. But when Jesus makes us new one day, we will see things for how they truly are. So that's what this whole thing is saying. But we're going to be specifically talking about the second half of this text. And we're talking specifically, so all that I know now is partial and complete, but then I will know everything completely and just as God now knows me completely. That one last little snippet that's underlined In some versions, it actually says, I am fully known by God. And that's what our whole series is about for the next, I think it's about six weeks. Being fully known by God. So one day, we are actually going to know God fully. Which is amazing. But right now, He knows us fully. In September, Jodine and I will celebrate our 20th Wedding anniversary. Wow, we looked a lot younger then, didn't we? Now, some people say, oh, you're young. And I'm like, it's all perception, really. Um, Now, when I try to think of what it means to get to know someone and the lengths it can take, I can't help but think of the person that I know the best in my life. Now, Jane is my best friend, she's my wife, she's my confidant, and we know each other really, really well. Though that being said, every so often we do learn things about each other that we did not know, and we're always like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And it's always like this amazing thing when there's something that we're like, hold on, what? I haven't heard that before. But we only know each other as intimately as we do because intimate relationships require knowledge. And that requires time, it should say. And that requires time. So to to actually have an intimate, a close relationship with someone, it requires knowledge. And knowledge requires time to get it. And while 20 years might not be as long for some in this room, it's been most of my adult life and almost half of my whole life. There's no one else that I know as well as Jodine. And there's no one that comes anywhere near as close to knowing me as well as she does. 
And it's nice having someone who knows me well enough that I can let my guard down. Someone who understands my journey. Someone who I don't have to explain things to when it comes to something happened and she's like, oh, okay. And she already knows why that affects me in a certain way because she's known me for such a long time. And I've shared some aspects of my journey with this church. And so you might know things about me, but she has lived, she's actually lived a lot of the journey that I have had. And it's true that, while it's true that God knows us fully, we can't actually say the same thing about Him, can we? Like, I know God. I wish I fully knew God, but I don't fully know God. And as we are now, we, it's, we can't fully know God, but we can do our best to get to know Him as much as we can. For us to have an intimate relationship with God, we need to get to know Him. In some ways, it's similar to getting to know a person. But in other ways, it's different. Getting to know God involves learning what He desires, what His goals are, what His expectations are, just like you would someone that you want to get to know. Now, let me tell you a story to help illustrate what it means to be known and what it means to know someone else. Now, as some of you may remember, Jodine and I, we first met through a mutual friend online. And this is going back over 20 years ago when the internet was relatively young. And I was at my first teaching post and I didn't really have anyone around my age to hang out with in the flesh. So I spent a lot of my time socializing with friends online. And after various conversations over several months with one new friend, whose name was Katie, and I had met her through one of my college friends, she felt impressed that I should get to know her flatmate, Jodine, because Katie was living in Australia. Now, I was 23 years old at that time, and Jodine was 25 years old. So that's just over 20 years ago. Now, I wasn't exactly keen on the idea at first, as I didn't know anything about this girl, aside from what Katie had told me. And Jodine wasn't online very much at all at that point in time, whereas I was online a lot. Which is ironic, because today it's sort of the opposite. <laughs> I've had my fill. Now I sort of stay away from socializing online a lot, and Jodine, I mean, she's not on all the time, but... She's on a lot. She's on, I'll just leave it there. And to make a long story short, she convinced us to write an email to each other. And as it turned out, we, indeed, we did have quite a few things in common. And we both wanted to get to know each other in more detail. And our emails, they became frequent daily events. And they got longer and longer until they became several emails a day. And you need to understand, back at that point in time, now I really sound old, back in that point in time, there was no Zoom, there was no Skype, and the internet was mostly dial-up. Something that a lot of people in this room, you don't have to go through all the frustrations of dial-up internet. Um, which means you could actually watch a written email load on your screen. It, it would only take a second, but still, you could actually watch it go brrrm, 
Whereas today you hit the button and it's, it's already there almost before you hit the button. And all we could really do at that point in time was write. And so we wrote and we talked about everything, our daily life, our values, our dreams, our favorite things, our pastimes, the things that we didn't like. We didn't have any other communication point, at least at that point in time. And because there was no other way of communicating, we actually learned a lot about each other. Our written words had nothing to stop them. Whereas, if we had been face-to-face, like most couples were, there would be so many other things to distract us. Nice things, of course. But, sometimes we're so overwhelmed by all the things when we're getting to know someone, or even if it's just a close friend, that we don't get to go in as deep. But because we just had words, we could really go in deep. And when we did share our pictures of each other, well, because of the bandwidth at that point in time and the internet speed, we each emailed each other two to three pictures of ourselves, and the pictures took two to three minutes just to download. And we would just, it was so painful to watch one thread of pixels reveal itself every 10 seconds or so. We'd be like, okay, okay, I, I can start to see your hair. Okay, and you'd sit there and you didn't want to go and get something because you were excited, but you were, it was so different back at that point in time. And now that we could see a picture of each other, we could imagine, we could put the words with the picture of the person. And we could imagine what the other, what the other person looked like when we were talking to them. But we hungered for more information. It wasn't enough because of of how deep we were going in our relationship. For us to know God better, some things are the same as getting to know a human friend, while other things are a lot different. On one hand, I'm very, very so grateful for the Holy Spirit, as it allows everyone, no matter where they are in the world, whenever they are, to tap into God. And there's so many more amazing things that could be said about the Holy Spirit. Part of me, however, is jealous of the disciples. I mean, oh, how I wish I could just sit physically with Jesus and talk to him and hear him say things to me and see his empathetic face looking back at me as we talk as if it was just a friend. Hearing his voice as easily as when I have a chat to any of you. Being able to eat with him and cry with him. I mean, I wish that could happen now. But if he didn't die, well, none of us would be able to be with him forever one day. So my selfish desire is not really worth the reality. Though I'm excited that one day when Jesus comes again, I will and everyone will get the opportunity to hang out with him. So for us to get to know God better, but being sinful beings, we are limited to a handful of ways that are all tied to prayer. And I say tied to prayer because we need to ask God to guide us. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us as we try to learn about God and His ways. A few of the ways we get to know God 
by prayerfully reading the Bible, and again, prayerfully reading the Bible. We get to know him by learning from fellow Christians, particularly those who are more spiritually mature or experienced than we are, depending on what we need, again, with prayer. And the big one I find is remembering to pay attention and be aware of what God may be doing or saying to us. Whether it's by having some time to be quiet in God's presence and intentionally just being quiet, and I I find that hard myself, or just noticing how things are going around you. What are the different things that are happening all, all at once? And the thing is, God is often trying to tell us stuff through the things that are happening around us, or sometimes through a person. God wants to communicate with us, even though it may seem quiet. Often we're too distracted, or, let's be honest, we're too unintentional to be aware when He does communicate with us, and we miss it. It's also worth realizing that we would quite likely not be able to handle it if God just suddenly turned up in all his glory on a chair next to us. Think of the stories where God turns up. Not in the form of earthly Jesus, but in all his glory. I mean, whenever he did, his goodness was almost too much for even the prophets like Moses and Isaiah and John. Which leads me to my next thought. Intimate relationships are confronting, but worthwhile. Now, after several weeks of constant emails and more and more connections on Instant Messenger, yes, that's how old Instant Messenger is. On December 27th, the year 2000, we did the unthinkable. One of us called the other on the phone. Now, I don't remember if it was you that called me or if I called you, but but we called each other on the phone in that Christmas week. We were both at each other's parents' house, myself on one side of the world and her on the other. And I tell you what, we both thought each other's accents were very exotic. I was like, wow, Australian girls are, they sound great. And she was thinking the same thing about me. And... Because we could talk each other, talk to each other on the phone, we could hear each other's voices, and it was even it was like we unlocked another sense and we unlocked another piece of information about the other one. We learned even more and more about each other. And after that, and by the way, it's at that point in time that Jody and I both considered that was that's the date that we first started dating officially, was that phone call. And after that date, we sent less emails and we were on instant messenger even more than before because we wanted to converse in real time. What we did before, it wasn't good enough anymore. And the more you get to know someone, the more knowledge you have and the more you thirst for more knowledge if it's a healthy relationship. But slowly, over time, we started to call each other a little bit more Until, Jodine being the brave woman that she was, she actually flew to Canada to meet me in person, in the flesh. And to be honest, it was very overwhelming 
and very awkward. Because, like, we... The, here was the problem. I couldn't stop looking at Jodine, and she couldn't look at me at all. <laughs> it was information overload for both of us. Like, we were both amazed that we were actually with the other one, but we were both responding in a different way. And I, I sheepishly asked her, took a bit of guts after a bit to ask her, is it something about the way I look? Do you not like the way I look? But she said, no, 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 it's just, she's, she was so used to just my picture and just my voice and my words meeting me in flesh and blood was just too over the top. It was just, uh, for, for a day or two, she was overwhelmed at being in my presence. Uh, this is not to be confused with the prophets being too overwhelmed with God's presence. I don't want you to think that, though that is a funny thought. But knowing as much as she knew about me, and me knowing as much as I did about her, and yet we had never met face to face, it was information overload. It was strange to finally meet the other person. She got used to me, thankfully. Though I still struggle with not being able to take my eyes off her. But, um, well, by the time she flew home, we were definitely an item. And other people now knew of our secret relationship. And people were very shocked and surprised. And no, I'm not exaggerating. People did not expect either of us to have a, a um, boyfriend, girlfriend on the other side of the world. But after being with each other in person, communicating by MSN Messenger by itself, it now no longer cut it. Because we want to get to know each other more and more. And so I started to call Jodine every day. Now let me remind you, this was before Skype. So I was spending hundreds of dollars a month on my phone bill just to talk to her. We wanted to know each other more and more, no matter the financial cost. And by the time I moved to Australia, in a matter of weeks, Skype had become a reality. This free service, and it was very bittersweet. <laughs> and I really wish that this service had come out six weeks earlier, six months earlier, before I had spent over $1,000 talking to her on the phone. But she was worth it. And here's the thing, intimate relationships are confronting, but worthwhile. It was confronting for us, to, as the more we got to know each other, it became confronting. Because we got to know not just the nice things, we got to know the things that are not so great as well. The more, we, the more intimate that we know someone, whether this is someone of a romantic nature or even someone that you're becoming good friends with, the more we get to know someone, the more we are confronted with our own shortfalls as well as the shortfalls of them. Now, there are things that I am more aware of regarding myself because of getting to know people really well. In fact, I would say that if you stay away from people all the time and you want nothing to do with them, you don't really know yourself. 
Because the only way you can really know who you are is actually by knowing other people. When, you, when people you're connected to bring things up about yourself or respond to certain ways that you do things that isn't the best, it can be painful. That's why family relationships can be the most tense out of all the relationships we can have. Sure, we love our family members, but it's often our family members who cause us the most frustration because we notice our differences the most with people that we spend time with the most. But then again, the more we spend time with people, the more similar we become. And this is just going off the notes. Have you ever, have you noticed that um, when you look at people who've been together for a really long time, they sort of look a bit similar? Um, There's even funny things where it shows owners and their pets, and the owners and the pets, they look a little bit similar, which is funny. But the more you spend time with someone, they've actually found the more you actually start to look like that that person, and it's because the muscles in our faces, they imitate what we see. And so when you see the other person smile or do certain things, the muscles in our faces will, without thinking about it, start to imitate the way they're looking. And over time, those muscles become physical features. And, we, and that's why if you really old couples who've been together for like 50, 60, 70 years, they look really similar. And it's because the more you hang out with someone, the more similar you become to them which could be good and bad. And the thing with becoming intimate with God is that as He is perfect, the more we get to know Him, the more of our own flaws we notice, the more of our sinful nature we notice. And yet, the more we spend time with Him, the more we become like Him. That's why it's so ironic when religious people criticize and look down on other people. If we're truly close to Jesus, we should be more aware of our own sins rather than someone else's sins. And it's confronting to get intimate with God because it's overwhelming how good He is, how holy He is in comparison to us. And this is why people like Isaiah and John, they literally felt like they were going to die when they actually have a face-to-face encounter with God in His throne room. It makes them feel the weight of their own sinfulness in comparison with God's sinlessness. And these are guys who were prophets. I mean, it's not like they were, they were terrible people. These were like the cream of the cream. And they felt like this. But even though it's confronting to get to know God and become intimate with Him, or become intimate with anyone for that matter, having close, intimate relationships with people is worthwhile. And so how much more is it worthwhile when it comes to getting to know God? That's why these same prophets, if it was such a scary thing for them to come face to face with God where they thought they were going to die, if it wasn't worthwhile, why did after these points in time did they want to go and serve God and do everything for Him for the rest of their life? Even though it was confronting, those moments 
didn't put them in a place where they wanted to run away from God, but run towards Him. And the, th- and the thing is, however, intimate relationships are two-way relationships. They go in two directions. For us to truly have intimacy with God, we can't just be content, content with God doing all the work in the relationship. And yes, I'm not saying that we have to work to gain salvation. But what I'm saying is, think of it from God's point of view. He wants to have this relationship with us. And too often we're like, yeah, thanks for that. We'll just uh, go and do our thing. And then when we die, you just do your thing. And we'll be all good. Have you ever been in a one-way relationship where one person seeks closeness and friendship and the other one doesn't? I've been on both sides, to be honest. I remember times where I hung out with people who did not want to be my friend or who could care less whether I was there or not. And that was hard, particularly as it was during times where I felt like I had no real friendships And I hungered to be connected with people. But I also remember times when there were individuals who either wanted to be my friend or more than a friend, and I was not interested. Sometimes there were good reasons for it. Other times, not so much. And the reality is that out of those two positions, God is actually the one who is stretching out his hand, wanting to be our friend, wanting to be close to us. And he's the one who is in the one-way relationship all too often. And so often, we are the ones who reject his friendship. We're like, yeah, you can sort of hang out. On Sabbath, you can rock up. And after, after church finishes, you need to go back to your place so I can do what I want to do. And it's ironic because in our world, usually it's the least powerful or least influential person who is seeking the friendship, whereas the popular person is the one who turns away. But it's flipped. God, the most influential, the most powerful and wealthy being in the universe, continually is seeking to win us. To get close to us. I mean, you think of the most powerful people in the world. Imagine you get a phone call from um, a head of state, whether it's prime minister or a president or, or the queen or whoever. You get a phone call from Elon Musk. You get a phone call from some celebrity. You're going to be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. God, the God of the universe who created all those people who we think are amazing or we don't think are amazing. He actually is wanting a relationship with us. But all too often we go, no. And though he is superior to us in every way possible, we all too often ignore his pleadings to be a part of our life. Unless, of course, we need something, right? When we need something from God, oh, oh, Lord. I gave up what I had in Canada to be with Jodine, which was quite a sacrifice on reflection. And I did it because of how much I loved her. 
But what I did was just nothing. It was absolutely nothing compared to what God did for us. Jesus left all to come to earth with nothing. I came to Australia with two suitcases. And that's not very much. But I would just, I had only been in college a year before. I didn't own much. It, it was like it was a sacrifice, but it wasn't so much. Jesus came with nothing. He had everything. He had absolutely everything. He had millions and millions of angels wanting to fulfill every desire he had. He, he could be everywhere at the same time. Like He actually gave up being able to just be everywhere at once to be stuck in a human body. And he's still stuck in a human body and he still will be in heaven. He'll have the Holy Spirit to... to but he is stuck. He's the only person who's going to be in heaven who's actually going to still have scars and deformities. Do you realize that? Everyone else is going to get this brand new body. Jesus is still going to have the scars. He came to earth as a baby. He gave up everything to be put on a cross, but he did it for love. And unlike me, Jesus knew who he was coming to earth for. I, I knew Jodine, but when I came, I was hoping the relationship would go far. And it did, thankfully. But he knew everything about everyone he was coming to earth for. He was fully aware of every individual on earth. He came down knowing that some of the people that he came to save would be the ones to nail him to the cross. He knew that some would reject him or offer just a one-way relationship for his immense sacrifice. But he loves us so much, he gave everything for us in the hope and knowledge that we would accept his friendship and recognize the worthiness of his love. Even though it's confronting to get to know God, it is so worth it. So let's extend our hand toward God. And let's not only be content to have him as our friend. But let's also try to be a friend to God. We, all, we, we say, yeah, God's my friend, but are we a friend to God? Won't you reach out to him today and onwards? Please bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, thanks so much for your sacrifice and thanks that you, you do anything for us. You, you know us fully and you're just sitting there wanting us to get to know you and, and we're sorry that so many times that we just don't give you the intention that you deserve. We don't give you the friendship and love that you deserve considering you gave us everything. It's our prayer today that you would help us to seek you. Help us not be distracted by the shiny things in this world or about the things that are on our minds, whether it be work or, or something else. But help us to seek you first and your kingdom. I pray for everyone in here, particularly those who, who are struggling to, to connect with you, that you would make a way so that it's easier for them to connect with you. Thanks for all you're doing, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.